0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our study in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1. The title of this sermon is, I urge you to walk worthy of the calling. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. But you need to have at least one or two people that you can go to in the church and say, hey, I need prayer for this. This is going on. And then you need to be able to impart them godly wisdom. And you ain't going to be able to impart them godly wisdom if there's nothing stored on your heart. If you haven't heard the voice of God. And you go, well, I don't hear the voice of God. Do you open the word of God? Because if he is the word of God and all things are in him, this is the quickest way. This should be what guides your life. In Psalm 25, verse 14, it says, The secret of the Lord is uh, with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. He wants, like, that fear that He's talking about is a reverence. It's a reverence of God. And He's he's wanting you to be intimate with Him, to to not only be in His Word, but be in prayer with Him, to have fellowship with other believers. But you got to know what your call is. If God's prepared good works for you, what is your call? See, I can tell you right now, if you don't know what your call is, I can tell you your first call. Your first call is if you are married, is your marriage. You serve your, in your marriage. If you have family, kids, there's your next piece of serving. See, you cannot serve if, if your family dynamic is all jacked up. If your marriage is a train wreck, if the family's a train wreck, what are you going to do when you come into the church? You're going to bring all that stuff into the church because you're going to, you're going to, the arguments and things that you're doing at church, at home, they're going to end up like they do there. It's just going to bleed into the church. It happens. That's why we always tell you, like, if we want you to serve, but at the same time, we want, we want you to have a health. What's more important for me is that you have a God-centered marriage. What's more important for me is that you have a God-centered family guess what? Church, Every church is going to have a place for you to serve. Every church. I would rather you spend the time working on that, and then once that's ready to go, because what's going to happen is you're going to be an example and a light of, a, of what a marriage of God looks like in the church and what a family of God looks like in the church, what a man of God and a woman of God looks like in the church. But if, you, if your house is all jacked up and y'all are you know, it, again, it, are, are you walking this walk? The reason why kids are walking away from Christ is because they don't see their parents living it. They're going, hey, everything that that pastor's saying, that ain't what's going down in my house. We're not being the light. A worthy walker for Christ must be willing to suffer for Christ. And this is where a lot of people want to check out. Persecution of Christians is, is actually now here in the United States. Now they're not chopping heads off yet, but they are trying to arrest people. And and so, you know, this this is coming. But the early church dealt with people that were beaten, imprisoned, shunned, burned at the stake. And guess what? Some people fell away from faith because of that. And the question that you have to ask yourself is it all worth it? If you've chosen to follow him, is it worth it? Now for me, I'm a military guy. Yeah, I'm let's die. Let's go. Let's fight. Let's do whatever we got to do. I've served in combat. So I'm like, I've already put myself in a position ready to die. So it's easy for me when I read those scriptures. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Die to self, pick up the cross, follow him. Persecution? Oh, yeah, that's coming. I don't need nobody to tell me that. I already know that. I know the state of this world. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39. And this is important for you to understand that there is going to be a conflict. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, daughter against her mother, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life... For my sake, we'll find it. He's saying, hey, look, my relationship, as we walk a worthy walk with Christ, understanding persecution comes, everything that I do, Christ is first. Christ is over my marriage. Christ is over my family, right? Christ is over this church. Everything we do, Christ comes first. If you're going to walk a worthy walk with Christ in a relationship with Christ, Christ has to come first. He has to. Because when you start putting other things in place, that's where the, the problems start to happen. And you start questioning things. And, 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 and understanding that that cross that we have here, even this cross was a form of execution. For Him to even say this at this time was controversial. Like, you're going to pick up your, your death. Go ahead and grab it. Are you willing to die for me? Now, this is where a lot of Christians check out. I'm, I'm willing to come to Sunday church. American pastors are going to have to make a decision over these next 10 years if, if we teach that verse in Genesis chapter 1 that they're created male and female. And you go, well, that's never going to happen. A professor here at St. Phillips just taught that there are only biological male and females. He got fired. That was here in San Antonio. So if you not think this stuff is coming, it's coming. So every time we pick up this mic and this pulpit, we need to understand that there could be a day that I do it where they put me in jail. And that's the day that jail ministry begins. But again, Paul is saying, I am a prisoner of what? The Lord. Are we willing to do that? Matthew chapter 24, verse 9 says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Do you feel that way today? Do you, do you see the tide turning here in America where, like, they, they just hate us? I mean, you know that evil is run rampant when you have children that have been human trafficked and they're talking about minor attractive in Rolling Stone. Minor attraction. They're trying to push this thing. I saw an app this, just on yesterday that can make you look like you're 16 again. Why would you do that? Because you're trying to do things that you're not supposed to do. That, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you again. They're going to come after your kids. And if you do not have a strong foundation in your marriage and in your family as walking with Christ is going to affect. They're going to start to sway and get pulled away. And man, I'm telling you what. We need to wake up. We need to wake up. Since Christ's death, there's been over 43 million Christians that have died for their faith. That's that's an estimated four out of 400 that have died daily for their faith. And there are people that are dying today for their faith in Christ across this world, especially in the Muslim countries. They're still being stoned to death. They're being beheaded. It's happening. But we need to understand what a worthy walker is. Is like, hey, I'll die. I'm I'm, I'm dying to self every day. I die daily. And I'm going to pick that cross up, and I'm following you. Because you know what? They can kill me. They can beat me. They can stone me. But my next breath will be in heaven. Don't care. Don't care. Look what happened when Stephen was killed. Paul was there. Paul held the tunics. And now we have most of the New Testament because of who? Paul. We have a lot of the early churches were birthed because of who? Paul. Through Stephen's persecution. And what did Stephen tell him? Father, forgive him for they know not what they're doing. Man, that's a faith there. When I read that, I'm like, man, that's a worthy walker in Christ. And that's what I pray all of you would be. No, Not that you get stoned to death. I don't want that. But I want you to live your faith out. That's what Paul is urging us to do. He's saying, look, I urge you, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Our second point is understanding the calling from Christ. What is... The calling. He uses the word twice. He uses calling. And, and then he goes in past tense called. Right? In Romans chapter 8 verses 28 through 30. And it says. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God. And to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew he also predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover. Whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now remember back in Ephesians chapter 11, who's the, the call available to? It's available to everybody. But you've got to answer the call. It's like a phone that keeps ringing and ringing and ringing. If you don't pick it up, Right? Ephesians chapter one verse 11 says, "In him who also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Being predestined, right? We're all born into sin. We were all spiritually dead. And that's what he taught us in Ephesians chapter two verse two, in which he once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So every one of us are spiritually dead. Every one of us have to answer the call. Every one of you have been predestined and called. But you have to answer the call. In Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 5. It's nothing that you do. It says, but God who is rich in mercy. But of his great love with which he, with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses. Made us alive together with grace by grace you have been saved. We know that everyone was called in John 3:16. for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't say that whoever He called, whoever He predestined. He says whoever, everyone. And it's, one of the things I love is I, I was reading this example of it and, and now that, it, I want you to think about this today. This is application. I want you to think about, now you're, if you're a follower of Christ, think about this. I want you to think about all the times that God was trying to get a hold of you. Before you chose to follow, right? Before that knocking started happening on the heart. And you were like, man, I got to, I got to, I got to get right with God, right? Think about the times that God pressed you. And was moving in your life to try to get you to, to get him to, to follow, right? It's almost like somebody playing chess. You're playing against a chess master. Every move, you think you're outwitting him. For 39 years, I had every move in the book. I could maneuver my way out of anything until year 39, and I had no more moves left. And that knocking, I remember sitting in church and hearing the word of God. And just having it just beaten in my chest. And Joe would ask, does anybody want to receive Christ? I was stubborn and prideful. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And then on January 11th of 2009, after watching Fireproof, I gave my life to Christ. Did I say the sinner's prayer? No. I remember what Joe said in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I confessed my sins. I repented. I asked Christ. I was like, Lord, just come into my heart. Be my Lord. That's all I said. Be my Lord. I believe you were raised from the dead, that you were resurrected, and and that you died for the sins of this world. And because I didn't understand anything, I confessed sins for the next 30 minutes, trying to remember every sin, not knowing his attribute that he's all-knowing. I didn't know that. That's all young. I didn't know. I was just a babe. I couldn't even take spiritual milk yet, but I had chose to follow him. But I can look at my life and see at age 17, age 28, age 35, where God had tried to move, impressed me to choose to follow him. And I, I, I just didn't do it. But it was when I got to the year 39 of my life, God, there was not another move I could make. And I needed Jesus. And that's what happens. Our eternal security belongs to Him. The rest of that verse in Romans chapter 8, verses 35 verses through 39 reads this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I love this. Y'all need to hang on to this. When you're, when you're screwed up, messed up, and you can't figure things out, and you've fallen into sin, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword is written? For, you, your, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are, uh, we are accounted, uh, accounted for sheep for slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor other, uh, any other thing created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, with, uh, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember, eternity starts the moment that you give your life to Christ. Everything you do from that point on affects eternity. And you go, why, why can't I just be with the Lord today? Like, I gave my life to Christ, I would rather just be with the Lord, right? Wouldn't that be it? Okay, well, that person gave their life to Christ. No, He has prepared you for good works. He's asked you to go share the gospel, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father and Son of Holy Spirit. And that's, He's given that command to every one of us. We've all been called. So what is the calling, right? What is the calling? He's, he's called us, uh, some believe that they've been called to God, but... Their fellowship is only with God and not the church. Some believe, and and if you're watching this from home and that's you, and you still haven't come to church from COVID, you need to give that stuff up and get back to fellowship. You cannot do church by yourself in your house. It should have never been done in the first place. Okay? You cannot forsake the fellowship of the gathering. You can't do that because we're called as a family together. We help each other God uses those different things that you have to help that person over there. It's like God has all these different gifts that we have, and God is saying, I want to use those within the fellowship. And so what happens is we we don't want to be called to a fellowship. We just want to kind of hang out by ourselves. And those are the lone rangers of the, the church and They do church online and they got probably three or four hundred friends that they think are friends but they've never seen any of them face to face and they're not really friends. Because when they don't show up for you and they're not there for you, they're not friends. And you go, but I post scripture. I don't care. You need fellowship. You're probably one of the people that write praying and you don't pray. But I got four hundred friends. Do you know them personally? You cannot do church online. Again, you have churches and families throughout Divine, Natalia, Lido, Yancey, Moore, San Antonio, Texas, and beyond. You have family everywhere. That's why you can go to another church and feel at home because it's family. That's how it's supposed to be. In Matthew 12, verses 29 through 30, it says, Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is here, O Israel the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Uh, And with all your mind and with all your strength, the first commandment and the second is is like, like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than even these. Who's your neighbor? Your neighbor's everywhere. Everywhere is your neighbor. But in church, they're family. You get that? You love your neighbor as yourself, but in church, you're family. There should be a deeper relationship. If we go back to what the early church was doing, that's what we need to keep. That we keep the, the Word of God priority. That we keep the breaking of the bread. Koania is fellowship, which is, actually means, fellowship means actually koania, which is actually admonishing each other with the Word of God. And then prayer. Praying for each other. John 10, 15 says, As my Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And John ten, 10 sixteen says, and, and the other sheep I, I have, which are not of this fold, them I also must bring. And they hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So we will have one flock and one shepherd. And that's what we're supposed to be. John seventeen twenty three says, I and, and them, and you and me, and, and, they, and, and that they may be perfect in one. All of us are supposed to be perfect in one, united. And that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me, uh, loved them as, as you have loved me. He's like, I'm going to use you to be the light of the world. And the church is supposed to be doing that. Now, when I, when I think about that, I think the church is missing their, their calling. This is why, like, you have to live life not only in the church, but outside the church as a person of Christ. You're a living testimony to the unbelieving world. You're supposed to be the salt and the light. So that means everywhere you go, you're the salt and the light. You're, you're the light of the world. You are an example of Christ. Church is not about how we dress. Church isn't about how, like one of the biggest problems that we have in America is the white church and the Hispanic church and the black church. No. Remember I told you, it should look like H-E-B. All ages, all ethnicities. If we are to become one one body, one body in Christ of all nations and all tongues, the church should look like that. So we need to remember that. It's like when we get into uh, our verses next week, we will be dealing with the characteristics of the calling. Okay? So next week we'll be dealing with the characteristics of the calling. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, it says, "...to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints with all who are in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, Je- our Lord both theirs and ours and he's saying with all you've all been called but you've got to answer the call to follow him but he's talking to the believing church and so are you a worthy walker in Christ are you growing because if you're not growing you're stagnant you're just standing in place and eventually you can't stand anymore you sit down like a little baby you stop eating the, 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 the bone and the marrow. You're eating just the spiritual milking. You just need to remember that. Like you should be consistently grow, growing. Are you walking? Are you a worthy walker by faith? Are you trusting God? Right? Are you a worthy walker in the light? You have to be because men love darkness. You need to shine the light. The church should be shining the light. Don't be afraid to be the church. This is God's creation. We're the bride of the church and Christ is the head of the church. He's the head of the church. This belongs to to Jesus. And we should be an example of Christ in our community. And let me tell you, you get 30 people moving in a direction together in unity, oh nobody can stop you. And you can do things that can't be done with a church of 300 or 3000. Cuz I can tell you right now the things that are being done in this church are not being done in churches that have over 250 people in San Antonio. And that is because y'all are walking by faith. And that is because y'all are opening the Word of God. And you're staying on the ancient path. And you're walking in the light. Together. Together. We live together. That's what discipleship is. Hey, if I speak to you in a way that that you feel like, hey, man, I wish you would talk to me a little better, just pull me aside and tell me. Because if somebody doesn't tell me, I can't correct it. If I step on your toes or you feel like, man, that was a little rough, let me know. We have to hold each other accountable. We have to be able to show grace and love and mercy and all those attributes that God has that we're supposed to be examples of. So next week, we will dive into the characteristics of the calling. Okay? And and it's going to be fun. I, I promise. We'll we'll actually finish the verses three through six next week. Um, and so hopefully, if that's you, if you're if you're you're here today and you go, man, I've gotten off the ancient path. I'm not in the Word of God. Just get back on the path. If you go, I think I've I've grabbed the bottle and I'm back on the ground again. See, what's funny is I'm watching my grandson Abraham. He's he just started yesterday. He picking himself up and standing up and guess what there are a lot of falls to get to that one stand up right when he goes to stand up there are a lot of falls as he's trying to figure it out and I think that's how our life is as a new believer right we're trying to figure it out we're trying to figure out how to walk and as you strengthen your legs as Christ strengthens you the inner man Christ strengthens through the power of the Holy Spirit you get stronger and you're able to walk a worthy walk and crushed. Just remember that. So when you're a new believer or you're, you're just starting out, don't beat yourself up. You're going to make mistakes. All that old stuff has to be pulled out. So there's going to be times when you don't respond correctly to your husband or your wife. There are going to be times when you don't respond correctly to your kids. There'll be times when you go back to the old way and you got to be corrected. And it's just like you've fallen down and you get back up again. It's, you have grace for the journey. Remember that.